Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? Rolling well. This is Podcast 5 of, uh, I guess it was probably going to be 6 today. I think at one point it was 7. Um, my brain is mush. These teams all, you know, look the same. They're all not the Patriots. That's kind of what I figured out. Yeah, well, every, that's the problem. It's just not the Patriots. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, so we got a... a episode today where we're discussing the team where there's the biggest gap between you and me in our preseason wow. power rankings mm. the biggest carolina how panthers big? how big how big's the gap 12 i don't, i literally don't even know if i'm higher than i, I assume you're high <laughs> and i'm not but i don't even remember <laughs> so there was a lot of thought put in yours you have the panthers in number 11 i have the panthers in number 23 oh so you're a buffoon okay Problem wait, solved. Wait, hold on. I'm a buffoon. You just thought you were on the other side five seconds ago. Well, I thought maybe I had them at like 15 and you were had them at three or something. I don't know. So basically, you know, two years ago, they were the best team in the league. Last year, they were, a uh, you know, in the mid-20s or so. I think that, that two years ago was the anomaly and, and last year is more predictive. I think they're a little better than that. But you think... I mean, I don't know what you think. What do you think? Well, let's talk about it. I mean, let's let's introduce our guests, then we could we could really get into it. But okay, I mean, I'm right and you're yeah. wrong. Is like that's the short answer. And I know, unlike some other podcasts where I was optimistic, you were pessimistic, and the guest went with you. I have a feeling that the guest is going to be on my side here. But let's let's. Let well, yeah. Or, normally, you expect the guests to be homers. So yeah. So so far, they've been uh, on my side. But Tony Dunn from uh, the Carolina Cat Chronicles podcast is here. So Tony, welcome back to the podcast. Hey man, thanks for having me, guys. So. Yeah, so, I mean, you heard our little intro there. We have a big disagreement about this team. I just think, I look at the Panthers as, you know, the 15-1 and team just seemed, you know, first of all, any 15-1 team is anomalous sort of by definition. I think they're better than 6-10. and 10. I think they're probably about a 500 team. I think they're about 8-8 eight and eight or so. Um, but I just, you know, what evidence do we have that, oh, well, really they're 15-1 and one and last year's the year that, you know, was unusual? Well, like you said, 15-1 is anomalous for any team, and uh, I don't think that... Uh you know, when you put that standard up there, of course, everybody's going to fall short. Uh, I think six and 10 was such a drop off that it's, you know, it's going to off put everybody in the entire that that's isn't everybody, even Panther fans into thinking that you can bounce back quickly. But, you know, there were a lot of circumstances that led to that drop off and, and a ton of injury on that team. And a lot of, you know, Oh, I guess complacency in the general in the management, which led to, in some ways, the general manager recently getting fired, surprisingly getting fired. 
But um, I would say this is that I think that the Panthers realistically can be ten and six. Um, well, they got a they got a great schedule. I mean, they can start out four zero, uh, and in that alone, and there's some good reasons that there are some things to be optimistic about the team. And just to be clear, the same way that the Panthers, uh, you know, collapsed last season after having lost Super Bowl, I think the Falcons are going to do the same thing. So I think they're eight and eight, but I think they're as good as any team in the division. I don't think Atlanta is much better than them. But let's start with the GM. So Dave Gettleman, they fire him at literally the last second. They bring back Marty Herney, who was a terrible GM the first time. You know, would spend millions of dollars on backup running backs. Um, I mean, how, how can you be confident in him with uh, you know sort of the the job he did last time? Well, I'm kind of the oddball when it comes to Herney. Look, a lot of uh, Panther fans are still mad at Herney because the last couple of years he, you know, he had some big problems. And uh, like you said, they paid they paid two running backs, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. And the problem is they weren't backup running backs. It's just they both paid them as starters. And you really can't invest. You can't pay two starting running backs starting money on a team when when the salary cap was only like a hundred and eight million dollars at the time and these guys were you know just chewing up like 17 percent of the cap or some crazy number like that so um but we we do forget this is that marty herney did put together the 2003 super bowl roster just two years after the team had lost had gone two and 14 i believe or one in 15 they were one in 15 two years earlier and they got to the super bowl in 2003 and they did make the playoffs uh two more times nfc champions one more uh or the nfc championship in 2008 as well as i think one other there was one other year now they did tank Here's the thing. So, I mean, I don't think that Marty Herney is fantastic, but I do think the last couple of years gave him a really bad rap. But he's an interim guy. There's a great, uh, really, the talent that Dave Gettleman built is really phenomenal on this team in in, in a lot of places. Now, there are some real weaknesses. um, But I think that's what I would say is, look, we have a core talent. We got a quarterback. We've got uh, some of the best defensive players in the league, and I think you can build around that. So why was he fired then? He was fired because uh, he didn't have good people skills, it turns out. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's pretty uh, you know, he's, he's really loved by Panther fans. And I'm one of those guys that was, a, I mean, I'm still a fan of Dave Gettleman. He did a lot of things right. He did, I mean, how can you be upset with a guy that had like a 60% winning percentage with this team? Um, but it looks like he, he got something in his head sometimes and he wouldn't budge and it looks as if this had something to do with Greg Olson, Thomas Davis and and these guys are are beloved by uh our our owner, right? Jerry Richardson and Jerry Richardson is like a players guy. He's a former NFL player. He's the one that made the the famous catch in the ice bowl, like the touchdown catch in the in the Super Bowl and and he likes to take care of his guys and he's always had his favorites, like his boys. And that's part of the reason that Herney took the fall the first time is because uh his guys, you know, um he he said, Look, we gotta hook these guys up because I screwed them in the lockout year in two thousand and ten. Uh, when they're redoing the CBA and Jerry Richardson was, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but he was the one that was battling back and forth with, I think it was Drew Brees at the time and, and, and Tom Brady uh, about like, you know, and he, and he really looked, the Panthers tanked on purpose in, in 2010, they cut bait and they told the guys, they said, hold, you know, wait out. And they basically rewarded these guys for, for sticking it out with the team. 
And so um, that's really what it comes down to. He didn't want to obviously had something to do with um, with Greg Olson and with Thomas Davis. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, uh, let's talk about Cam for a second. So obviously, you know, when you talk about regression, you have to start with him. Uh, you know, Cam threw completed fifty two point nine percent of his passes last sure. year, which is, I mean, just insane. Like uh, Derek right. Anderson, you know, his corpse completed sixty eight percent in, uh, you know, in mop up duty. Like, I, it, like, do you think that's the real Cam? You know, fourteen interceptions, no. like. Not at all. I think here is that when you look at you look at that percentage, and sure, it seems atrocious. But when you look, if you start, if you really kind of dove, delve into what the Panthers do and how their offense ran, um, you know there was zero speed with the receivers. I mean, nuns. And your fastest guy on the team was Ted Ginn Jr., who can't catch anything. Right. I mean, if you wait until you talk to whoever you're going to talk about the Saints, just ask them how what they think about Ted Ginn Jr. already. And he's already dropping touchdowns. So the but the thing is, is that the way the Panthers offense was being called was much. Oh, they had a lot of long developing routes. You had you had receivers who weren't getting any separation at all. And so these are low percentage throws that they're calling. So, you know, you're saying run 20 yards downfield with no offensive line. And uh, hope that Cam can put it put it right in on a dime. Um, so I think that look, is Cam did not have a good year. Why is year. that going to change though, Tony? Why, like you know, the receivers, Kelvin Benjamin, who I think now because he missed that year, we almost overrated him because he came back and right. You know, he's 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 a good number two, but I don't think he's necessarily a number one receiver. Devin Funches was one of the worst receivers in football last yeah, year. He's terrible. Um, and but again, you don't have there, there's not a lot of depth. Um, you know, so you drafted the kid from Brooklyn, Curtis Samuel. Uh, yeah. How's he looking so far? He hasn't. Well, we have no idea. He hasn't played. He hasn't played at all. He's he's had a hamstring injury, so he's mm-hmm. been sidelined all throughout training camp. I mean, is there somebody great, missing who who might be? Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Right. Well, Christian he's a running McCaffrey. back, but yeah. Right. Yeah, right. And I think. I think hopefully that what that's going to do is just change the what some of the things the Panthers can do offensively so where they don't just have... Because the only way Kelvin Benjamin or, or Devin Funches can win is to go 10 yards down one-on-one and use their size. Um, you know, they can't run these inter- intermediary, intermediary routes. And so I guess there's some other guys that we're hopeful of... Um, Demir Bird being one, and he had a huge game, his first preseason game. But you're right. Is that how is that going to change? And you're you're just hoping that the running game uh, and what Christian McCaffrey can do uh, gets that done. Right. You're relying on you know maybe the best pass catching tight end, and you know I mean it's obviously too early to say this, but maybe an elite uh, pass catching RB. By the way, Greg Olson this is a crazy stat. Uh, first tight end ever to have three straight thousand yard receive, receiving seasons. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah, that's such an unimpressive stat that like nobody's ever done it. <laughs> well, he Titans... also has had the most targets since 2011 out of anybody in the entire NFL or something like that. That's wild. Wow, it should continue this year as long as he's healthy. Honestly, can I just say as a Vikings fan, the fact that you thought that uh, Matt Khalil is the solution at left tackle, like I know his brother's good for you guys, but Matt Khalil is such a bad player. You, I mean, yeah. Cam is already abused, you know, more than just about any quarterback in the league. Matt Khalil should not be protecting his blind side. You know, the irony of that is that the guy who was protecting his blind side last year is now your starting right tackle. 
Yeah. <laughs> but at least <laughs> we have him on Mike the right Rimmers, side. And he's yeah. terrible. He's yeah. awful. Oh, well, we um, just swapped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we paid a lot of money uh, yeah. for Matt Khalil. Is that I think this is that what you're what you're hoping for is sometimes a change in, change in scenery does a lot. But Matt Khalil played in was injured and missed an entire season, and the Panthers are banking on it uh, that he can do it. And look in 2015, here's the difference, guys. And another thing you said, why I did 2016? Which one are we going to be? You you probably just brought up. Are we going to be twenty fifteen Panthers or twenty sixteen? You just nailed it. Is it depends on if Matt Khalil plays like Mike Remmers or Michael Orr in twenty fifteen? Because if we get a mediocre left tackle or better, Cam can get it done. But when you had Cam zero only ran protection, for four yards per carry last year, which is crazy bad for a running quarterback. Yeah, well, um, he didn't run that much. He was, you know, had a concussion for two yeah. games, and the, and he was just getting beat up. The whole Panthers, um, their whole running attack went just flip flopped. If you pull up the 2015 stats, and I don't have them in front of me, but I think we were like third in the league, second or third in the league in rushing, and then last year you go to 28 or something. So, like the Panthers couldn't do anything on offense, and I think that while Cam didn't have a good year. I don't think I think it had a lot less to do with him uh, than it did with just the entire team. I mean, by the end of the year, we were starting like backups across the entire offensive line. Yeah, Matt. By the way, Khalil not not just did they sign him and give him the left tackle gig. They gave him twenty five million guaranteed. It, it, pro, as a Vikings fan, focus, it made no sense. It was pro football focus called it the worst move of the offseason. Yeah, mind boggling. Yeah, I, it's a it's an interesting question because i guess this is that sometimes you just have to do whatever the market demands and um what it was the other option i can tell you what the market is matt the vikings had the worst or second worst offensive line each of the last two years uh khalil was injured for part of that but when he was healthy he was not part of the solution so he should be fighting for a job he should not be getting you know guaranteed money and or is not is or making that team or no no, I think Orr Khalil replaced done. Orr. Yeah, Orr's done. He's done. He got. He was in the concussion. He got a concussion in Did week three against the Vikings, and he had been in the concussion protocol for uh, since last year of week three. No, he's now. Yeah, he got an injury settlement. He showed up to camp, and he still could not pass the concussion protocol over a year, almost a year later. Uh-huh. All right, can we talk about the defense for a yeah. second? Yeah. You know, you talked about how you guys have uh, stars on your defense. You know, what I see is that uh, Julius Peppers and Captain Mullen, another ex-Viking, by the way, who were good for the Panthers in, like, 2011. Um, I-, I guess now that Marty Herney's in charge again, he's like, oh, let's bring these guys back. But, like, Julius Peppers is ancient. If he can give you anything, it'll be a shock. And Captain Munderland, best-case scenario, he's a below-average nickel cornerback at this no point. No way. You, He was good for you guys. He was good I, in Minnesota. Yeah, but would he – I mean, he's very old. Not even thirty. He's not. I mean, he's 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 twenty eight. Little guy. He is a little guy. He does get hurt, but I I don't think that's a big problem. And by the way, like, yes, they signed Peppers, who's thirty seven, which is like eighty two now in the NFL. Nobody's thirty seven anymore outside the quarterbacks. I think they just hired him. They just signed him so he could retire in a Panthers uniform. No way. All right, look, Peppers is Peppers grew up thirty minutes down the road from where (laughs) I live at, and he was drafted in two thousand and one, and he's he's. Unlike any NFL player that you've probably ever witnessed physically, is that is that age? While he might, while that might be eighty-two years of football life, it's not for a titan like dang Julius Peppers. He's just a freak, dude. 
Um, but here's the thing: is There's that so many like good players in that front seven, Tony? Right? He's, he's yeah. Them short. He had seven and a half sacks last year. Thirty-six years old. He had seven and a half last sacks, and he was playing outside linebacker. They have guys you've never heard of who had like eight nine last year. Mario Addison. Nobody knows who he is. He had like nine in fourteen yep. games. Listen, uh, I, I, I I agree that Julius Peppers is a beast. Like they've got they've got some. Legitimate yeah. players. And then we got the best defensive really tackle good. in the league right now, now that Aaron Donald is threatened not to play at all, and that's K1 short. So, right, what you have is you've got a front seven um, that really, I think this, is the Panthers' defense, given if they can stay healthy, specifically in the secondary, because there's zero depth outside the guys that they are hoping are going to start, and there's not even a lot of experience at corner, they could be a top five defense, and I think if they stay healthy, they could be the number one defense in the league. All right, well, let's hold your horses for a second. Um, okay. You know, we, we talked quite a bit about the offense, and the offense, you know, swooned a little bit last year. Obviously, Cam went from 50 touchdowns to less than half of that. But the real difference between 15 and 16 was the defense. The defense dropped far, uh, far farther than the offense did. In points, giving up 26th. Uh, in yards, giving up, I think, like 23rd, 22nd, something like that. Um, what were they um, in DVOA? Akiva, do you know off the top of your head? I don't know off the top of my head, but they weren't good. All right, but the point is they dropped from an elite defense right. to a truly, truly terrible defense. And you're going to say that they, from a bottom six or seven defense, they're going to be the number one defense in the league based on what? Captain okay. Munderland and Julius Peppers? No, not at all. Um, all right, so a couple of things to explain why they were so bad to start the season, right? Is that the, if you go back and look at the season, it was the first seven weeks they were terrible. Uh, and it was their – look, Dave Gettleman, part of the reason, he let Josh Norman – he rescinded the franchise tag on Josh Norman last year. So then he goes and drafts three corners, one out of Sam – our starting corners, all of the starters last year in the secondary were were rookies. Um, so – and then you had uh, – and then you lose Luke Keekley, uh to concussion – and that, and then you get a couple. Of, you got nicked up, and our our front four was not as nasty as it could be this year. I think so. I think this is like I said. This all depends on health, and it ultimately depends on this. This defense will be as good as the corners will take it. Um, and you've got two corners that were rookies last year. They had to learn by trial by fire, uh, and it was really unfair position that the Panthers put them in. Um, and that's one of the reasons I think that led to Dave Gettleman's ultimate firing is going back to how he handled the Norman thing. So, but why was he fired when he was fired then? If it had to do with Josh Norman, because I think, no, I'm just saying that it was a pattern of behavior that Norman showed. Look, it started with Steve Smith it then continued with, I mean, really the reason we had no left tackle goes back to Jordan Gross, who, who Dave Gettleman ran out the door his first day he got there. Jordan Gross said he would have played another year had Dave Gettleman not been such a jerk in the negotiation process. And then you cut Steve Smith. Steve Smith is still talking junk about the Panthers about it. Um, so I think this is, I think Jerry Richardson said, look, we cannot have Dave Gettleman screw up another thing among one of the most popular players, you know, these kind of heroes among fan culture. So I guess, yeah, look, I'm saying this is I think the Panthers defense can make a comeback. And I think Julius Peppers brings a ton 
but like it all depends on I- injuries. And look, the nickel corner position in this in this league where you have teams running three three receiver sets almost all the time, go down every dang team and they're playing uh, they're playing zone defense. They're playing a nickel five cornerbacks out there most of the time. And that's actually one of the most difficult positions to play, I think, in the NFL. So I'm hoping that Captain Munderlin uh, gets it done. What's your take? You know, again, I have the uh, the Panthers at 23. Keith has them at 11. Where would you put them on your preseason power rankings? <sighs> I don't know. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't do all 32 teams. This is that. I think this is that the Panthers in a in a good year are gonna go 10 and six, 11 and five, and like you said, in I think in a bad in a in a rough year, they're a, they're a seven and nine team. Um, so I, you know, and really, I don't. I just don't rank all 32 teams. I would say this is the Panthers. You know, they're gonna have to earn anything, everything, um, and and that's good for the Panthers. You know, the Panthers have always played better when they've been um, under the radar, when the expectations aren't there. It's gonna be tough though. You're in a division where you've got um, where you've got the Super Bowl. Well, losers, right? <laughs> you get the Atlanta Falcons, who I mean, by all standards, look, they got a great, they got a good head coach in, in Dan Quinn, and then you got the Tampa Bay Bucks, who have just loaded up. There's all the talent. I won't trust it though until I actually see it. But um, so there's a lot of competition there. But I think there's a lot of opportunity when you've got Cam Newton and you've got Luke Keekley and you've got Thomas Davis and you've got Shaq. We got the best linebacker core in the league. It, there's potential there, but it could also be disastrous as well. Yeah, you know, I had mentioned on our podcast, The Saints, that uh, two years ago I was in New Orleans in December for that crazy uh, Panthers comeback win at New Orleans. Right. I think it was like 41 to 38. Um, you know, and, and that was obviously at that point, I think the, Panther, the Panthers were, uh, what, 12 and 0 or 13 and 0, something like that. Um, you know, and then the year before that, in 2014, I remember the Vikings uh, destroyed the Panthers in Week uh, Seven or Six or whatever it was. And then from that, and then that dropped the Panthers to like three, eight, and one. And then they, and then they won the rest of their games to uh, to make the playoffs in a crappy division. Uh, you know, I, I, the over under for the Panthers is nine, which surprised me. It's just a little bit high, but I guess people are uh, you know uh, relying more on 2015 than 2016. So would you go over or under? Uh, an over under of nine. Uh, this is lame. Uh, I'm gonna say, gosh push right uh no i'll take i mean i i look this is what i said when before you know i think the panthers are 10 and 16 this year but i think a lot of that has to do with schedule as well because look i mean we play the bills we play san francisco um if you pull let me pull up the schedule it's it's really we got some cupcakes the first if we don't start out like three and oh uh the panthers um yeah, well, there's look, there's a great advantage to uh, you know going uh, six and ten instead of fifteen and one in terms of the schedule. Right, that's right. Um, yeah. So yeah, we play the 49ers, the Bills, the Saints, and it's not until um, and then you got the Patriots and the Lions. Uh, but you got some teams where we 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 get the Jets next year, we get the Vikings. I think we can win those games. Yeah, uh, you know the, their schedule. I think it probably gets a little harder in December. Uh, that's where you play uh, Vikings, Packers, Bucks, and then uh, add yeah. the fucking to you end the season. 
But uh, yeah, I, I, again, I don't think, and I've been wrong each of the last two years when I said this about the NFC South. So maybe I'll be wrong this year. But but I don't think I think nine wins and certainly ten would win that division. I don't think that I think Atlanta's going to fall back a little bit. I agree. Uh, I think it's a pretty close division. A lot of offense in the division. Uh, it's tough to see. Uh, you know, the defense certainly. You know, you're confident in your defense, but uh, New Orleans has no defense, obviously. Uh, Atlanta is again certainly a, a more offense and defense team than Tampa probably as well so uh, you know there'll be at least some uh, exciting high scoring games in this division alright so we glossed over McCaffrey for a second but uh, you know Christian McCaffrey people are expecting him to you know have 75 receptions out of the backfield what are your thoughts <laughs> I think uh, whatever you think Christian McCaffrey uh, is going to do he's going to do more oh. <laughs> so 80, yeah. 85 yeah, I mean, this kid is, you know, I was I was suspicious. I was hesitant because um, there's a couple of people, you know, we roll in those kind of crazy Panther circles, and there was a couple of guys that were they're so hardcore McCaffrey. And you're like, well, when he gets with NFL speed, uh, things, you know, it's not going to be as easy. But this guy just has it. I mean, he just looks different on the field is what than everybody else as one uh, Panther reporter said the other day. I mean, look, he's just crushed it against Tennessee when nobody else was doing anything. He just has so much. Uh, he can get, once you get the ball in his hands, he can get that first 10 steps. That speed is so quick. I mean, it's, it's going to be impossible to stop him is uh, if he doesn't get hurt, uh, he's un, he's going to be electrifying. All right. So you're obviously very confident in him. <laughs> How early would you recommend people take him in fantasy then, the way you're hyping him up? I know. It's crazy. Um, and I would say that I think everybody's been saying he's going late second. Um, I, I just feel like this is, man, is that you're not going to really miss. You know, so um, I would be comf- comfortable taking him anywhere in the second round. Oh, wow. Okay, so... You're definitely uh, slurping the Kool-Aid on McCaffrey, at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. I mean, and look, that's because I, I fought it, too, for so long. I was like, there's no way it's going to be this easy. Uh, but, man, everywhere he goes, he just looks amazing. I mean, it's just insa- it's insane. Go watch it. Ne- just listen to me now. Believe me later. Uh, the dude's just going to – the more times you get the ball in his hand, uh, he's just not going to be able to – if you get him in any space, it's over. All right, so Akiva's having – Technical issues at the moment. In He's his. watching Game of Thrones. Yeah, is that what it is? He wants to. <laughs> he interrupted the episode. Yeah, so we're just uh, going behind the curtain. We were, were recording this on Sunday night. We delayed a few minutes for me to end that episode. You know, by the time this is out, anybody who watches the show will have known what happens. But it was really hard for me to uh, record this without discussing it. But Akiva was in the middle of the episode and paused it to record this. So, yeah, maybe that's his excuse for the technology but, failing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I know that uh, Keith would want me to do this, even though I'm against it. So we're going to play the roster game now. So, uh, you know, Tony, give me a number between 1 and 100. Uh, 77. All right, 77. Uh, for some reason, that seems to be a popular number. People keep picking. 77. All right, for the Panthers, tell me uh, who Zach Sanchez is. Zach Sanchez is a nickel corner out of Oklahoma State, I believe. Uh, okay. Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Uh, he was drafted in that weird mess that Dave Gettleman did after he rescinded um, the franchise tag and Josh Norman goes and drafts three back-to-back corners and then he couldn't even make the team. Uh, he sucks. Okay. <laughs> that's why we got That's why we went and got Captain Munderland. For some reason, when I Googled him, one of the top hits 
is Panthers cornerback Zach Sanchez reacts to Aaron Hernandez tragedy. I'm not sure why some random backup on Carolina is being asked about, you know, a uh, a murderer from the Patriots, but uh, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, Zach's got to Zach's got to perform on the field a little bit so that he can uh, get that off his first page when you Google him because yeah. uh, yeah, that's not doing him any He might not make the team this year. All right, so he's got bigger problems than uh, his reaction to Aaron Hernandez. All right, so you know, uh, Tony, thanks for joining us. That, that's uh, that's your thoughts on the Panthers. You know, we haven't uh, we haven't yet spoken to our Falcons fan. We did speak to our Saints fan, and our Bucks fan is coming up as well. I think the this is going to be an interesting division. There's there's no terrible team in this division unless you know Drew Brees just falls off a cliff or something. Um, but again, I don't think there's any truly phenomenal team either. I think the, the Falcons are you know. I don't know if Matt Ryan is going to be an MVP again out of nowhere, which, you know, which is not sort of his previous uh, career up till last season. So uh, the Panthers definitely should be in the playoff race. And, uh, you know, you will be uh, uh, hosting the Vikings in December. So hopefully that game means something for both teams. And if so, maybe we'll bring you back on the podcast at that point. Yeah, I'd love to. All right, Tony. So uh, Carolina Cat Chronicles is your podcast. Uh, what else do you have for us uh, to plug? Go to CarolinaCatChronicles.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Cat underscore Chronicles. All right, Cat, Chron- Cat underscore Chronicles on Twitter. Tony, thanks so much, and uh, good luck this season. Yeah, man, have a good one. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.